Well, just in case you have not been uh, at the retreat so far, I just wanted to introduce our speaker this morning, uh, Steve Nicholson, who's an uh, old and dear friend of uh, Sonia and mine. We got to know the Nicholsons uh, when I was in grad school in Chicago 30-some years ago. Uh, we stumbled into their church because we could not find uh, a living church on our side of the city. And then we, we were 24 years old, and we were like so together. And, uh, and then uh, uh, eventually out of that church, we'd be part uh, of a church plan on the south side of the city. And, and then like wherever we've gone and wherever we've gotten involved in over the years, um, the Nicholsons have just been a, a resource for us and sort of a guide and a model uh, for everything uh, that we have done. Uh, couldn't even enumerate for you all the different lessons uh, that we have drawn um, from their lives uh, in, in ways that have improved ours. And we would like to think improved yours uh, as we kind of pass on what we receive uh, from the generations who have gone before. Uh, and so this is their first time to Hawaii, certainly their first time visiting Blue Water. And I would say that so far, hanging out an entire weekend with our weird little church, they've done fairly well. <laughs> I think it's gone, it's gone decently well. And uh, we've had uh, some wonderful time with them and some wonderful time uh, with the Holy Spirit um, in fellowship with them. So I'd like to uh, invite Steve up. He's going to talk to us today about who knows what, but I think probably it will have to do with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and uh, he will lead us in, in ministry time. Uh, Father God, I pray that uh, you would perfect your agenda for every person uh, in the room this morning. I pray we'd all be changed a little bit before we go. I pray, Lord, um, that um, you would give us from this time uh, all that you have prepared. In Christ's name, amen. Morning, everybody. Uh, we've had a good time with you, and uh, we we have. I I, I want to just say I, I have great faith for what God is going to do Amen. with Blue Water Mission. Like I just say, like, like you're just you're just you know you're just at the beginning. <laughs> like you know, there's some wonderful things ahead. Um, you know, one of the things that we, uh, we say in vineyard circles a lot, and you're not officially a vineyard at the moment, but if I may be so bold, you really are a vineyard in every other way. Like, uh, you know, you got all, all the characteristics of the family. <laughs> one of the things we say in the vineyard a lot, and this is a... a something that comes out of the Quaker movement that, that have preceded the vineyard is everybody gets to play. And, you know, kind of the, the way we've been doing ministry this weekend has been emphasizing everybody gets to play. We, you know, we haven't had like long lines of people waiting to get prayed for, you know, by me, but rather you've all been praying for each other. And, you know, as I've met different people, you know, I keep running into people who are, oh, I'm working on this ministry. I'm doing this ministry. I'm doing this other thing. I, I'm, I'm working in the house. I'm working in the justice ministry, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's, you're, you're a group of people who are made to be activists. Yeah. And to, you know, not sit in the back and watch. 
But you want to participate. You want to be a part of things. You want to make a difference. The thing is that a lot of times people who start that way wear out. <laughs> and they get to this point where they say, I can't keep going anymore. I can't keep doing this anymore. And then they kind of spend a whole bunch of years doing nothing. And the, the problem is, is sort of like they often kind of hit that point when they finally actually know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, so right when things really should be getting good, they're running out of energy and saying, I can't go any further. So what I want to tell you today is how not to have that happen. Interested? So I want you to pull out your Bibles on your phone, like me, as it might be, or if some of you might actually have a print Bible. I loved my print Bibles, but I'm 71 now, and the print is too small. <laughs> and so I have to use the Bible on my phone because I can make the print big enough <laughs> for 71-year-old eyes to read. And I'd like you to turn to Matthew 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, I think they got it on the screen if you don't have a Bible. This is Jesus talking, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find Rest, there it is again, the same word. Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, everything in this is to say, if you follow Jesus and do his stuff, you will find not exhaustion, but rest. Inside and outside. Rest. Inside and outside. And it will not be heavy. It will be light. So how does that work? How do, do, how do we get that? And the key is, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now that's an agricultural metaphor that not many people get these days. So I gotta, I gotta lay this out for you. When he says, take my yoke upon you, what would immediately spring to mind would be an ox. But when, generally, when you have oxen, you don't put a yoke on one ox, but you have a double yoke. It's a double yoke. You understand what I'm talking about? Do you know what a yoke is? It's this thing they put around your, you know, you put your head into it and, and you know, you, it helps you put the pressure on to, to pull what you're trying to pull, okay? And what they would do is you would have an experienced ox on one side of the double yoke who would actually do most of the pulling. And then you had an inexperienced ox 
who would take, who would get in next to, they'd be basically harnessed up to the experienced one, and they would have to follow in their footsteps. And they would learn from the experienced ox how to do this thing. And that's exactly what Jesus is inviting us to do. He's saying, get in the yoke with me. It's, he's not talking about the yoke he imposes on us. He's talking about the yoke he actually himself is wearing. Okay? And he's inviting us, says, here's your key. Get in the yoke with me and learn to do ministry my way. If you can learn to do it my way, it will not be heavy. And you will find rest. Now, it's very interesting because a yoke would normally speak of work. Like it's something you use for work. But he says, it's going to be restful. Why is it going to be restful? Well, because you're not doing all the pulling. Hang on to that thought. You're not doing all the pulling. So the question becomes then, how exactly did Jesus do ministry? Because that's what we've got to learn from. We've got to learn to do it the way that Jesus did it. And for that, I want you to go to John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5. This is uh, verse 19. John 5, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. He's in a dispute with the religious leaders. And he says, very truly I tell you, whenever Jesus sticks that on the front end, that means you're getting the straight dope and it's really important. <laughs> okay? Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. Stop right there. Stop right there. The Jesus that we are trying to learn from starts with this. The son can do nothing by himself. In other words, he's saying, nothing that I'm doing, I, am I doing by myself. I'm not deciding it, and I'm not actually providing the power for it or the energy for it. I'm not doing it by myself. The son does nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. So you get this. Jesus actually is in a yoke with the father. And he's doing what the father does. Only what the father does. Now, if you do what God is already doing, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> do you think it's going to go? Of course it's going to go because God's already doing it. Like, it's going to go. Because he's already doing it. Now, if the son can do nothing of himself, what does that say about you and me? 
like really nothing of ourselves. Only what he's doing. The Father is working. Now this is important. The Father's working by the power of the Spirit. The Father's working. So he's not inviting us into passivity. All right, It's not passivity that we're talking about. It's not like sit at home in the stall and rest in the stall. That's not what he's talking about. That's what people do when they don't do this. There's, there's, there's an action here, but it's a way of doing work that is fundamentally restful that you have to understand. And the beginning is recognizing I can do nothing of myself. And this is the hardest part. Coming to the point where you come to grips that what you can do in your own strength means nothing. For me, the beginning of true ministry was coming to the end of myself. I was one of those kids, those kids that never failed at anything I tried. Everything went my way. I got the good grades. I went to the school I wanted to. You know, when I got to school, I found three other believers on campus. When I graduated, we had 10% of the student body in our little fellowship group. Okay, lots of people got saved. It just seemed like, you know, and we accidentally started a church while I was still in college. That was the first church. I never experienced failure. And then came failure. And nothing worked. Every day, I was failing for three years. I struggled even to pray. Some days, I could only write prayers. If you look back, there are a few days where it's just like, help is the prayer. Do something. And what that did was bring me to the end of myself the end of my strength. And in fact, when I came to the other side, you know, when, when that lifted and I had my encounter with the Holy Spirit, the funny thing was is I remained weak. It, I remained weak. I felt like I was still weak. I didn't go back to the way I was before. It, there's, there's like a shadow that's over me from that time of failure and depression. And even though I haven't experienced serious depression now for quite a long time, there's this weakness. And one time I asked God, like, when am I going to stop being weak? When am I going to be strong again? And he said, you're not. You're not going to be strong again. Well, why not? Because then you'd rely on yourself again. All right, so you, you, you have to come to the end. And nobody who wants to be seriously used by God, nobody who has an ambition, like I want everything that God has for me, will get there without at some point in some way coming to the end of their own self and their own strength. You have to come to the place where you truly, deeply discover, I can do nothing in myself. But that's the beginning of glory. Did you hear what I said?
coming to the end of yourself is the beginning of glory. Because when you stop, then God begins. All right? So, son does nothing of himself, but only what he sees the father doing. Which means then, the name of the game is seeing. What have I been trying to teach you all weekend? See what the Holy Spirit's doing. The name of the game is to see. See what the Holy Spirit's doing and do that. You know, after 45 years of ministry, I retired. <laughs> this is what retirement looks like. <laughs> I am retired in that I'm, I have no responsibilities. I just go around the world and make trouble. <laughs> That's a pretty good gig, isn't it? But at that point, you know, coming to the end, you know, you find yourself reflecting. Reflecting back on, you know, what's what you've done with your life and what, what you've done in ministry. And when I looked back, there were... Over that time, there were some periods and there were some things that were my ideas, my strategies, my projects, my, you know, we should do this. And we worked and labored so hard on those things and managed in all of our labor to give birth to a mouse. Like what came from what I could do wasn't even worth talking about. Like it just, it just didn't produce that much, honestly. But there were some other things that surprised us, actually. Things that weren't our ideas, that God brought to us, and we just said yes to them. We just started working with him. We started becoming partners with what God was already doing. And those have been fruitful in unbelievable ways. Like unbelievable ways. You know, uh, about 15 years ago, we finally got our own building. And uh, after a long, a long, long story, and you'll get your story. If there's always a story. Because, of course, the devil doesn't like to give up land. Okay? So the, it has to be one in prayer, intercessors. Hey, let's go. So anyway, that's another story. But... Uh, we hadn't been in the building very long, and all of a sudden, one day, somebody called up the receptionist and said, what time's your Spanish service? Well, we didn't have a Spanish service, and we had no intention of having a Spanish service. That wasn't in my radar. But 
within the next three weeks, something like 60 or 70 different people started calling us up every single day. People were calling us up. What time is your Spanish service? Like the receptionist had to like get some get somebody to give her some scripts to say in Spanish. Like you know we don't have a Spanish service, you know, because all these people were calling and asking. And she started coming in with hashtags. Okay, that's five more today. That's seven more today, kind of thing. And after a little while, I, you know, a couple of weeks, I thought, I think I'm a little slow here. But it seems to me, it seems to me that God's trying to tell us something that God's doing something with some Spanish speaking people and maybe we need to like start a Spanish service you think so I thought so that was the thing it was sort of like what is the father doing well he's doing something with Spanish speaking people so let's 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 get on that page well so we started a Spanish service I got a couple of guys in the church. I said, let's do a one-year experiment, see if we can start a Spanish service. That was 15 years ago. They're still doing it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. In that 15-year period, half of all the baptisms in our church came out of that congregation. Okay? Fruit. Okay? What, do what the Father's doing... And it produces fruit. So you have to watch and ask, what is the Father doing today? Now, if you look in the beginning of Ephesians, the book, I'm not going to take time to do this one, but it says that God has prepared before the foundations of the world works for us to do. And I would posit to you that there are, are things that God has prepared for you to do. And at the right time, God will do them. And the whole question is, will you recognize it? Because if you get in that, if you can recognize and get in that thing, stuff's going to happen. And you won't get tired. And the reason you won't get tired is because the power and the energy that makes it work isn't going to be coming from you. It's not going to be you trying to make stuff happen. So once I got this lesson, my basic approach to leadership is I'm not going to try to make anything happen. I'm not trying to make anything happen. Because if you, if you think you're going to like make stuff happen, you can have a long list of all kinds of things you think should happen. But a lot of it might not be what God is doing right now. Because he has, there's a timing thing with the Lord, and there's a, and it may not be the thing he wants you to do, and so then it won't work, and you'll get tired, and it'll wear you out, because you're just you're doing this on your own steam because you decided you wanted to make it happen, but when God does the thing, it comes to you, and the resources come, and the results come. There's fruit, and you. You're flying. It's like riding. See? It's a little bit like this. It's like the difference between rowing and sailing. 
a lot of you in your ministry are still rowing. You're trying to make it happen. And then when you're rowing, all the energy is coming from you. Like you're having to make all, you're doing all the work. And you're not going to get very far very fast. And you're going to get really tired. But if you can learn how to sail, you put up your sail, a little bit of work, but mostly you just pay, you just put up your sail and the wind carries you. And the work is being done by the wind. And you're going to go far and you're going to go fast and you're going to not get tired. Now, understand, when the, what did the prophet Isaiah says? Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up like on wings like eagles. They will run and what? Not grow weary. He's talking about the exact same thing. If you will wait on the Lord and do what he is doing, you'll fly. And you will not get weary. You want to fly? Yeah. A lot of times we're afraid, like, oh, if I do that, I, might, I won't do anything. Trust me, that is the farthest thing from what will happen. The Father is very busy <laughs> and has plenty for you to do. In fact, here's the thing. He's given you all the time you need to do what he's actually calling you to do. So if you don't have enough time, you're probably doing something that he didn't call you to do. He's also going to give his strength, a wind, is going to carry you for the things he wants you to do. So if you're getting tired, maybe you're, not, you're, maybe you're rowing instead of sailing. Maybe you've, you're, you're, you're doing all the pulling instead of following in Jesus' path. Well, you know, what that meant for Jesus was he didn't do it the same way every time. Blind person? Oh, maybe we'll do it this way. Maybe we'll do it that way. Maybe we'll do it this other way. How are we doing it today, Father? What are we saying today? Where are we going today? Today we're going to go to Samaria. Because there's a woman that we want to meet, and so on. You know, there's, there's, the Father is leading him, and he will lead you. If you ask him, show me what you're doing. If you watch, who is God working in? You'll see, and he will show you. And you can ride with the wind, and you will fly, and you won't have to make stuff happen. But he'll carry you, and you will not get tired. That's the lesson. Now, what time are we supposed to end? They don't know. Well, we're just going to just go. I was feeling to, today, as I got up, that something that we've done some other places that has gone well that we should do, which we haven't done yet, and that is 
you know, I feel like, you know, one of the things that God is doing in our time is he's trying to empower and um, bring freedom to the, a younger generation that will initiate the next sort of move of God. And so I want to invite everybody who's 25 and under to kind of come up here to the... Okay, this is no accident that there's so many of you. It's a reflection of what God is doing. And it just kind of focuses us on something that's really important. And this is, this is the future. And uh, not the far future, the, the, like around the corner future, like the next week future. Because what God wants to do with you guys starts now. Um, and I, I think he wants to just fill you with power to give away to you to the people around you because so many of your peers your friends um, are in such bondage they're in such bondage to fear and anxiety and self-hatred um, and discouragement, hopelessness, and you're going to help them and set them free, but not by your strength, not by your strength, like we were talking about, but by the power of the Lord, he will come and do it. So let's open up to receive from him. Holy Spirit, we just ask you now to put your power on these young people and put your presence on them let them be filled with your presence that they would carry with them the presence of god everywhere that they go that people would be around them and just know there's something different fill them lord with power and light to set free the captives to set free the captives okay now we're just going to wait a few minutes just wait Wait for the Lord, wait for him. Just wait. There's like a stillness. Do you feel the stillness? You sense that stillness. That's the presence of the Lord. He's starting to come. He's starting to move. If you're really hungry, you could reach up and grab it. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get stronger. Give them more, Lord.